We're back. It's the Beston and Greenway podcast on the Beston and Greenway network, available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and where all good podcasts can be found. My name is Carl Beston. Unfortunately, tonight, my main man, Sebastian Greenway, isn't riding shotgun, but he will be here next week. And in his place tonight, we have a very familiar voice. A Beston and Greenway podcast NBL season preview demands the presence of a fan favorite, former NBL star, and and forget Matthew Delavadova. He is the biggest NBL signing this offseason back into the commentary team. Cameron Trigar. Welcome, Trigger. Carlos, it is good to be back, mate. Yeah, had to, to pull the plug. Um mid-season last year with the birth of uh, my first uh, children, a couple of uh, young roosters there, but uh, they're, uh, what, 11 months now, so they should be getting a job soon and earning their own keep, so I can plug back into some uh, some NBL commentary. Should Mate, be good. You're teaching them the trigger hook where you just get that little elbow around the uh, around the left shoulder on that baseline spin yet, True. Yeah, shoulder, mate, shoulder. No, the elbow now, if you, if you do that, they get you for the offensive foul oh, these days. Mate. They're all over that oh, one. They're, they're tonguing for offensive foul. Back in the day, you know, it, you, you with Pat Reedy and all those old schoolers, that, it wasn't even an elbow. They just bloody put you in the blender, put their whole arm around yeah. you and throw That's you out of the way. But, we but we nowadays, could even get away. Um, we could even get away well, with the elbow about uh, 10 years ago, Trigger. Well, both of us in that, that in that storied run we made in 2012 together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pipped at the post by bloody Dan Dillon and Waverley. Yeah. That's another no, story. We beat, but we, yeah. beat, we beat Dan Dillon. It was Ringwood that got us in the final, I think. So, yeah, apologies out there. I think Ringwood got us in the other year. It was the uh, Waverley guys, yeah. Yeah, got us, yeah. Always we sure. Very good at coming, very good at coming second. second mate, and losing in contested series. Yeah. yeah. But, um, no, you're right, man. Isn't that the beauty of basketball? You, just, you, you, you do things and you exhaust different parts of the rules and the game yep. and whatnot and, until... Um, they make changes and then yeah your ability to, to roll with the punches and roll with, with the changes really yeah. dictates uh, the longevity of, of your career and um, yeah that's, that's the beauty part of our game Well speaking of longevity of career let's let's talk about a team featuring Daniel Johnson who has just about had one of the most storied NBL careers going mm-hmm. around um, what are your thoughts on the Blitz winners the Adelaide 36ers they've looked like they've looked very impressive across the board they didn't lose a game at the Blitz what are your thoughts on them I like them, and people are going to say, oh, the, the blitz doesn't mean anything, uh, preseason doesn't mean anything. Well, that, that's purely if you're in a big market, big budget team like a Melbourne or Sydney, you're right, it doesn't mean anything. But for the mid to lower budget teams, it means everything. It's, it's your, your chance to put in culture. You want to roll out your full team. You don't want to waste any opportunities because – you need those one percenters, those five percenters. You need those those cultural things. You need to winning is a habit and losing is a habit. So I really like that Adelaide put their best foot forward, rolled out you know great majorities of, of their teams and different combinations. Really balanced lineup, Carl. I was, I was just looking through the lineup, and if Isaac Humphries is even any part of uh, the, the the player he was when when uh, before the injury, um, I think they'll be. Special. Daniel Johnson, this is the team he deserves. Not last year where he's still... So that was tough to watch at times. He's still carrying this huge 
offensive load at this stage in his career. But the, the sharp shooting of Dusty Hannah's, the, the versatility of Withers, Mitch McCarron's a proven commodity. Humphreys, as I mentioned, the proven commodity. Johnson can do what, what he can do. And then the X-factor guys, the guys in which if they give them nothing, it doesn't hurt them. But if they give them something, Carl, like the Sotos, the Moave Kings of the world, even Cam Bairstow fits in that category now. He, he, they, the world expects nothing of him, but I tell you what, if he finds any part of Cam Bairstow and what he was capable of, they, that, that moves them into you know a, a playoff contention. They'll need a lot of things to go right for them, but good-looking roster. No, I agree with you. I think it's the best front line in the NBL. Um you go. You walk in there with DJ Humphreys and Bearstow. I think you're really going to struggle to find a better one. And and who knows what the Soto piece will be? Talk out of the camp is he's very good. CJ said he's going to play meaningful minutes at a variety of spots. So it looks like it's not just going to be the five spot too. Um, I I just think I'm really really impressed by this front line. Um, the McCarran addition is huge. I think Giddy was huge for them last year. Don't get me wrong, but um, McCarron brings experience and you know wherewithal in the league. He knows how to win in this league now, um, coming from Melbourne United. Uh, Imports-wise, I agree with you. I really – I wasn't – the first five minutes of Dusty Hannah's, I was like, uh, we'll see. It will be interesting to see how this goes because it's clear this guy likes a shot, I thought, straight away because he's just getting them up. But I think he eased into it and he, he kind of worked out his role uh, far more consistently post that. And what I like about Dusty Hannah's is he he has a bit of see you next Tuesday about him, which I really like in yep. an import. Um, and he can just shoot the ball, flat out shoot the ball. And you don't want to come up against an Adelaide 36ers where this guy gets hot and then he can put 15 points on you real quick. Like he, I think he did to the Wildcats. He can just put it on in the blitz. He can just put it on you real quick and he can turn a game. I agree with you with Withers. Like, I think he's a very good utility as well. Like, you can play him across a variety of shots. He looks like he's able to defend. He's got a reasonable wingspan by the looks of things. Good athlete. And he can hit the three ball. So, I think he provides a lot in regards to that. I'm very high on this team as well. I think the Cam Bairstow um, signing was I don't understand why he wasn't signed. Everyone goes, injury this, injury that. Well, I'm sorry if you're the Cairns Taipans and the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers, who we'll talk about later. That's invaluable experience. That's a guy who's played for the Boomers, played in the NBA, played across the world, has been a do- has been a really good player in the NBL. And to look him over where he hasn't received a look until a, what, a few few weeks out from the season was, was ridiculous in my book. And and we'll add Sunday Deck in there as well. I think he can he can mix things up and add some depth to that guard rotation with McCarron and obviously with Hannes. He can come in as a utility to sort of give them either of them a breather. I think this is a deep team. Um, what do you think of the late process, late in the process change to Bruton um, from Henry? Obviously, is that going to cause a slow start? It obviously hasn't caused a slow start at the Blitz, but how do you think? Was CJ had enough time to get his system in place and how he wants to play? The short answer is yes, and and we need to speak on CJ Bruton, and we need to give some love to Jeff Van Groningen for this roster too, Carl. Speak on the impact that I believe CJ is having on the group and will have on on, on the group um, in terms of him being a player's 
coach in a in a players coach world that we live in. But this team, you Sunday deck, every player, in my opinion, adds value. Like the the, the wings of uh, Withers and Moave King being long, and Sunday deck is long, and Mitch McCarron, the dog on defense. So they they tick a defensive box in mm. terms of you know wingspan and switchability. They've got rim protection with Humphreys and, and Soto. They've got um, an inside presence, as you mentioned, with Berso. Inside-outside with Daniel Johnson still being serviceable, as we know. But they've got good point guard play with Mitch McCarron from the champs. They perimeter shooting, defensive switchability, rim protection. This team has it all. Now, I'm not saying that they're going to win the comp, but all you want to do is cover all your bases in a preseason, put everyone on the floor healthy. And I tell you what, if the hoop gods shine on them, they have all the pieces, Carl. And yeah. one of the key pieces is TJ Bruton, six-time champion. Um, he'll he'll learn the X's and O's, and he's obviously knows elite X's and O's, but, it, but in terms of when to use it and his delivery on that. But in terms of being a, a player's coach and relatable to to players like he'd be as as good as it gets and he can bring something that a lot of coaches can't traditionally coaches and they're going to get mad at me are just people who love the game but couldn't play the game yeah. at that level where well, CJ's done everything he'll be able to relate to players in ways that other coaches can't and when really it's all about can you get your guys to go to war for you harder than the other guy can get his team to go to war for him that's 80% of it with, with many teams running very similar structures yeah and and commands respect in the locker room as well that's always a big Absolutely. thing when when the when the coach was a better player than what you were um, it generally <laughs> commands respect uh, yep absolutely but, now moving on speaking of new coaches um, got James Duncan at the Brisbane Bullets. Um, where do you see Brisbane at? I actually really like the look of this team at the Blitz too. I think they've got a defined big three in Sobey, Patterson and Franks. And Patterson looks legit. Looks like he's playing incredible basketball. What is your thought on... What's your thought on the Brisbane Bullets, Trick? Yeah, I think that they have a high ceiling. Um, they've, they've made some nice moves. They would have shed um, Matt Hodgson. That would have... Um, and, you know, I'm a, I'm a fan of his, and we'll touch on him when we talk about Perth. But really, you, you don't need two of a kind. You have a, a seven-footer in Tyrell Harrison that shows he can rebound the ball. He can set middle cylinder picks and, and rim run. He ticks that box, and you probably don't have to, to pay him hundreds of thousands of dollars. So I think that was a, a smart move um, there to free up some, some cap space for some other pieces. Lamar Patterson's got a chip on his shoulder, um, and, and we'll will want to obviously prove doubters wrong that, that he can get back to his uh, his best. So it's great that he's come in in shape and, and made that commitment to stay in the off-season to to get in shape. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's uh, I think they're a good side. I, um, Jason Kadee uh, is obviously still an X-factor there off the bench and um, have some shooting. Toby, one of the top two or three players in the league, I, I think James Duncan is going to play more towards people's strengths, where where Andre Lamanis was a real systems coach, and sort of we put the system in and sort of see what it, it produces. I uh, I think um, James Duncan is going to be a bit more 
tactical in his offensive approach. Uh, yeah, mate, I think they're they're uh, they're in with as good a chance as anyone. Yeah, I I really like the look of this team. Um, I edit, I reiterate what you say about Patterson. I I think Lamar looks incredible in the preseason. I thought he's played brilliantly well. I think some of the criticism was heavy-handed last year as well. I, maybe it was based on expectations of how, like, he went from the second best player in the league to being a pretty, you know, a very, very good import in the league. And and that's a drop-off, but he was still better than pretty much, you know, the whole, you know, import contingent if we run comparisons to Scotty Hobson, et cetera, who people were high on, right? So I don't kind of understand that the criticism of him is it's, I don't know, I just find it a bit average. I, I'm not going to get into that sort of stuff, but I, I think it's I think it's pretty much in poor taste, to be honest. And all that matters is he's playing incredible, even more incredible basketball now, and I can't wait to kind of see him watch watch him dominate the league again. I think Franks looks like a perfect undersized utility big that works so well in the NBL. Um, has the ability to step out to the perimeter, can hit the three ball to good clip. Again, good length, seems to hit the glass pretty well, good defender. I, I think he kind of fits. Like we have seen these sort of guys at that, 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 that you know, that six eight. Six seven six eight sort of mark, um, who do have real influence at that, at, you know, that's position. I, I do think he's really good. I do have questions around the center rotation. I understand that you know, I understand you are able to purchase other, you are able to acquire other talent as a result of letting Hodgson go. And I'm not saying Hodgson was the perfect person to have in that role either. Um, but I'm also not 100% sold on Tyrell Harrison yet. Just in terms of the hands and the decision-making, he's improved, he's infinitely improved, but I'm still not 100% there on him. And that rotation, you know, it's they're all okay, but no one stands out to me. Like, I'd want them all as backups, like Harrison's and Salt's, and then as well as Luke. I'd want them all as backups for my team, but I'm not sure I want any of them as my starter. That's the one weak spot of this team um, that I find. But again, if Harrison sets big picks for Sobey, that's all he needs. Just needs to grab boards and set big picks and hit free throws. That's it, right? It's not a expansive role. Let's be honest. I also like um, Tom Digbo as well. I think he looks really, really exciting, and he's a sort of athletic wing to go along with Sobey and. Patterson that we've all kind of been waiting for and, and that's no disrespect to Anthony Drimmick who will fill a great role in that starting lineup knocking down the three ball and adding his toughness as well I really like the depth of this team the question mark for me is Isaiah Moss and we haven't seen him yet and what he will bring as well but I think this Brisbane team's pretty good you think they're you, you think they fringe four four where do you sort of have them trick I probably have them around the six or seven Carl to be yeah. honest because the, the hoop gods can't shine on everyone. They're going to mm. need some luck. They're going to need to stay healthy. Lamar Patterson another year older, obviously, that the strain on his body with, uh, with with what he was going through last year being, you know, essentially he's gone from a proven commodity to now unproven. I mean, it, it's been long enough. It's a long time in Basel. We had COVID effects, um, uh, you know, seasons and off seasons and then just last year to go off. So it really has been, you know, two to three years since we've seen his best. So, uh, I mean, they could be 
around that playoff bubble. But reality for me, I, th- I agree with you. I think it's it's a shallow bench. Um, there's a lot of backups posing as as key pieces. They'll need everyone to be their best version of themselves um, to be a, a top four team, and they'll need plenty of luck from the injury gods as well. Sobey and Patterson will need to be at all NBL level for this to be a playoff team. Yep. So I don't think they're a playoff team, but the same as Adelaide, they've they've recruited pieces where they they're a chance, and that that's that's all you can do. I won't fight you on the pod today about Patterson, uh, Trigal. I'll I'll leave that conversation with her. I'm not oh, sure. I'm not bagging the the big fella. I'm. It's exciting to see him back, but we yeah. it's it's now it's time to. Uh, to show show your best, I, you know, and I both know we don't necessarily agree with uh, the treatment he's received. I think he yeah. became a narrative, yeah. Um, um, unfortunately, but you know, it it, it is time. You, we your your best was a few years ago. Show us your best again, and we'll all shut up. What do you mean two years ago, Trig? He averaged uh, twenty one and a half, six and five. <laughs> Two years is a long time when yeah. you get to last that age year, in your career, Carlos. Yeah, last year averaged fourteen, five, and three, and that's including time where he spent and that and those numbers increased dramatically while he was. Uh, and those numbers were, you know, he was decent at the Brisbane Bullets. Everyone kind of remembers the New Zealand Breakers time, but I'm going to pin some more of that on Dan Shamir than what I am on Lamar Patterson. We'll go on to no, the. No, I am a man of faith that he will be back to a very good version of himself. Yeah, let's go Cairns Taipans now. Your local, Trig. Um, dumpster fire or surprise team? The, it's... Yeah, the, the, the roster is underwhelming. Um, you know, the Cairns... I mean, that that's... Cairns has, has lived really un, underwhelming and it's about bringing in pieces... Uh, that are surprise packets. You know, Cam Glidden was brought out of NAIA college ball. He's playing with wooden backboards on courts with 45 different volleyball and and markings on it. And, and college comes in and then he's a mainstay in our league for a decade, played for Australia and, and whatnot. Um, Clint Steindl out of St. Mary's has gone on to have a good decade-long career. Um, Tory Craig, NBA, Scotty Wilbekin, one of the best players in Europe. So you expect... Can to to unearth great talent and to, and to find these X factor people, and that's how they've been competitive. The Cairns Taipans, but I do look at this lineup, Carl, and and I I go, where is the next Cam Glidden, the next Mitch McCarron, um, the next Scotty Wilbekin? You know that that they've unearthed. Um, I don't see it. It's the same. Uh, players that had had issues last year and, and then they've they've picked up um, some other bits and pieces um, role players that are going to need to really step up Scott Machado great player but really looks like he'll he'll play a lone hand and the league figured him out a little bit um, to make him be sort of a, a high scorer and, and cut off the tap to all the others that he's servicing um, and, and and Zimmerman uh, and McCall, I'm, I'm not sold that they're anything more than solid imports. I think they'll be solid, so I'm not going to blame the season on them. But they need to be, you know, have that that potential like a a Tory Craig or some of the other imports they've unearthed. And um, I just think there's just too many known 
commodities that are well past their best uh, on this Cairns team and the imports are a little underwhelming to me. I like Adam Ford. He's going to coach with a lot of juice and a lot of gusto and he's going to work the sidelines and he'll get them playing hard but um, I, I don't know where I get excited for this team. I really hope I'm proven wrong um, like they have proven people wrong so many times over the last 20 years. No, I, I understand that. What, okay, I'll kind of give my take on it. It's, I agree. We, we all know Machado's a star. Right, um, I saw Matty Logue posting in his um, best twenty players in the NBL. I saw him had him seventeen. I thought, wow, that's a bit rough. But maybe Matty's trying to stir up some some reads via doing that from up at up in God's country, up in Queensland. But uh, I just look at it, and I think you, you know how you're talking about you, you're looking for that Cam Glidden, you're looking for that guy that will rise up and and be the Aussie role player that everyone kind of hoped for. I think everyone expect, including myself, I I expected that from Noy. Um, we haven't seen it yet. Um, you always hold out hope that he'll be, that you, you keep waiting for the next year, going, this guy's going to be the guy. And I'll give him last year a pass. He was injury riddled. I understand that. But I really want, I think for Cairns to be competitive this year. Not not like I don't think they're a playoff team no matter how he plays or what goes on. But for Cairns to show up and give teams some trouble on some off nights. I think they need a big year from Noy. Um I think if you look at it, McCall looked great in the preseason, but he doesn't strike me as a prototypical, you know, what's going to succeed in the NBL at the two guard spot. He looks competent, which is good, and I, I think that's that's a great thing. But if we're we can't be expecting DJ Newbill from McCall, and I think Cairns, the big thing for Cairns over the last couple of you know last year especially, people go, what's the big difference? I love Scott Machado as a creator for others. I don't like Scott Machado going solo to win games in close games if that makes sense. And they had a guy, they had like a, a Robin to his Batman in DJ Newbill. And DJ Newbill, like that guy was a bucket getter, right? And he knew how to close games. And I think they severely missed that this year. Hopefully McCall can be that, but I just don't see the scoring capability that DJ Newbill has. He's a very good defender too, but so was DJ. And DJ, you know, you know, he was a you know great on both ends. Two-way player using the modern vernacular. Um Zimmerman, I'm not sure he's... I, I don't think he's an upgrade on Cam Oliver, let's be honest, but I think you're going to get consistent... You're going to get consistent effort and consistent size from this guy every night. I think he's handy for Machado because Machado, you know, will be able to work very well on the on-ball with him because you can't teach just that level of, of width across the shoulders in setting picks and, and height, obviously, on the boards. He's going to be a double-double machine, I think, Zimmerman. Um, a little bit clumsy with the hands, but you'll get over that. Any big guy that sort of size, we've seen it. Other, te- yeah, we've talked about other guys like Harrison, Hodgson, etc. It's it's a commonplace thing. Once you hit that seven foot mark, it generally lends itself to having hands more on the concrete side of things. Um, I like the addition of Pinder, and I like the addition of Pinder. I think he was very good for Adelaide last year, and uh, Majuk, uh, obviously Majuk Dang as well um, provides a knockdown you know, spread the floor guy at the four to go with Machado. I think there are, I, to sum it all up, 
I think they're a bad team. I don't think they're Tasmania bad, but I think they'll probably finish second last. Your thoughts, Trick? Yeah, they're they're. I I I agree. They'll be in that that bottom echelon. They're probably the spoon for me purely on the players that are. Bad as it sounds, I think we've seen enough of to know what they are. Um, and then, trust me, please, if any of those players are listening, use this as motivation. And I'm glad that um, people didn't um, turn me off and gave me chances. You know, it wasn't until my sort of fourth or fifth year in the league that um, I found the right um, opportunity system, playing time, and, and was able to etch a, etch a career for the next um 10 years at a, at a reasonably high level so I'm glad people didn't quit on me but Carl who's who from that who's the X factor from that role you just said Noi but I I feel I've I've seen enough of quite Noi to, yeah. to know what he is I feel like Jared Kenny um, Natai unfortunately I think I've seen enough of Pinder he might be an X factor Carl where it was just the totally wrong setting for him and he's a high usage guy and he's 20 a game but I I, I just don't know who surprises us. If you weren't going to do it last year in that team where you had all the minutes, all the opportunity to put up big numbers and they were crying out for a contributor and you didn't, why are you doing it this year? What did you find over the off season that you didn't have last year? And that's what concerns me. There's There's no players that I think are going to have a big breakout year. It looks much of the same to me uh, with a couple of solid imports in Zimmerman and um, McCall. And Machado, I, I don't think he's changed his game to be more of a scorer and a closer. I think the defences are playing him different with the, the talent around him, with Newble gone, uh, Oliver gone, and a few other pieces gone. I think they play him different and they go, you, you score mate, we're not just going to let you pick us apart and make these role players the best versions of themselves. So I think the D's figured him out a little bit to make him not the best version of himself. And um, and yeah, I'm, I'm not excited for this team, but would be stoked to be proven wrong. Well, I expect to see Jake the Snake walking around with an anti-Cameron Trigar um, sign next weekend when you visit when you visit Cairns, I will so. eat humble pie oh. gladly. Nothing will uh, nothing will make me uh, happier than see the mighty regional Queenslanders up and about. They've proven plenty of people wrong over the last twenty years, and I very much hope I'm uh, the next one they prove wrong. Let's do it. Let's go from a team everyone's expecting at the bottom to a team that everyone's expecting to contend for a title this year. The Illawarra Hawks, uh, led by Brian Gorgian, obviously playoff team last year you know, just snuck in at the end, which was a great effort from them. They've gone very hard and very heavy on the guard rotation with Harvey, Raytham Mays and Jessup. Uh, and Cleveland, their other import, you know, he's not exactly the biggest small forward going around at six foot five either. Reith, huge signing in the off season as well. Do up Reith, um, should be really good in the league. What are your thoughts on the Hawks trick? Do you buy them as a title contender? Yeah, I think you have to. Um, another team as good as shot as anyone to win it. Um, rim protection. Um, I mean, the, the the defense. You've got the defensive guru in Brian Gorgian, and he's the real the total package. Where he's the you know elite X's and O's, but also is the guy that puts the uh, 
the, the dark lines under the eyes and says, let's go to war and does the Braveheart speech and and you just have to drink the Brian Gorge and Kool-Aid. He's up and about every possession, every game. So, you know, they're a good, line, talented lineup that are going to compete hard as all Gorge and teams do. So uh, they can stay healthy. They've got plenty of shooting, good point guard play, um, size. They'll they'll be well drilled. So you just you have to um, you have to like them. Yep, I agree. I I think the Reese signing is huge. I think the big flaw in their lineup last year was the bigs. I just didn't think they had enough talent at the big man spot. And I know everyone will scream at me, Sam Froling, Sam Froling, Sam Froling. I'm again happy for people to use this as bulletin board material as well as just you did with cans. I'm still not a Sam Froling buyer. I'm a buyer of him as a as a good role player in the NBL. I'm not a buyer of him, you know, at as being a you know, up and coming star of the league. I, I think the jump shot still remains a question mark. I think he needs to fix that up. As is his lateral movement, and I think that's kind of a big issue at the four because he's essentially going to be playing a four spot, and you know maybe they put him at the five this year and switch in and then uh, switch in Wreath to guard the fours instead. But I have big questions about his ability to guard the fours in this league at this position. So if you look like you, you're going up against guys on a daily you know, on a daily basis, Vic Law, Mitch Creek, Franks, Jarrell Martin, Finn Delaney. I, I'm just not sure. And then even the Bullets, they might go undersized with Patterson at the four. I just... I'm not sure that works. They're lacking that utility for, for me, which is the big question. And and given so many other teams in the league have it, this is the question mark for me on the Illawarra Hawks. And, and it's just a big guy depth as a whole. I mean, their big guy depth, I I love, I love the signing of Duop Wreath. But the other, th- and, and I think... I, and I think Sam Froling is a very competent player. But if you're telling me you're going with Wreath, Froling, Froling, Ogilvie, I have questions. That's that's my only thing. But at the guard spot, wonderful team. Like, you can't... I don't think you can do better than Harvey, Wraith and Mays and Jessup in the guard spots with this team. So, it you know, pick your poison, essentially. You can't fill every spot on a roster, I guess, with budgets, right? Yeah, I don't disagree, mate. But I think we, you know, we're talking about some other guys, you know, stealing and not being a known quantity. Sam Froling is still on an on an, on an incline, I believe, in oh, his career. He's a young guy. He's best. twenty one. Yeah, yeah. And you, you mentioned those play him up to guard those players. What about those players having to guard him, Carl? At seven foot, you know, he's lean. He'll be able to gap them and use his length, long long arms, and and which defensive system. Would you rather be in uh, in any team in the league? If you did have a bit of a deficiency to hide, you'd want to play on a Brian Gorgian system mm, um, that that's going to plug around. They're going to mix up between zone and man. And by the time these teams figure out what Gorge is doing, usually the game's over and you've lost at the, at the defensive end. So I think they'll be able to hide some of those deficiencies. And I think offensively, he's got a bit about him too with the, the left hand, able to rip and little bit on the block, his little hooks and turnaround. So those those four men you mentioned, there, there's going to be a flip side to him chasing them too. And then that's him, them dealing with his size, size and length at seven foot. So 
I agree. I think it's going to be an interesting dynamic to see who can gain an advantage in that spot. Yeah, no, that's that's my point. I'm again, I'm not here potting Sam Froling. I'm just saying he's 21 years old, title contender. It's my one question mark on this team because the guard rotation and and I guess my contrarian point to you on that is I'm not sure the Illawarra Hawks are going to be going you know what we're going to isolate Sam Froling down on the block when they've got guards when they've got guys like Harvey Jessup Cleveland Wraith and Mays Duop Wraith I just think they've got a variety of offensive opportunities to go there I think they're going to be a perimeter scoring based team just on personnel um, and again, oh, they, that, yeah. they they should be, and I think I think Brolin can will be able to fit in there. And then those, I mean, it, it might even be a rebounding situation. Yeah. Those four's got to keep, you know, seven, he's active. He goes to every contest, so he'll and he's young and hungry. He'll he'll find ways to um, to contribute, I reckon. But yeah, that 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 dynamic will uh, will be in, will be interesting there. I, I agree with you. I don't think they need to play through him or need his numbers to be high to be successful, yeah, but. He'll find a way to contribute. I, I uh, would say. Oh yeah, hundred percent. He'll set. He's seven foot. At the end of the day, they've got a seven footer and a six foot eleven guys. They're starting two big. So on a team that shoots the three ball, offensive rebounding is going to be key from those two guys getting second shots. And we both know, like the most deadly second shots are guys kicking it out the three point shooters wide open when everyone else has crashed. And then secondly, I do. He he will be handy in the pick and roll game with Tyler Harvey as well. And that's where they're going to be playing the majority of the time. So I agree. And again, this team can contend. I've got them as third. Where have you got them, Trick? Yeah, third's about right, mate. Sorry yeah. for the boring uh, um, retort there. But yeah, I think I think third is, is about right. Yeah, cool. Okay, now we've got Melbourne United. What are your thoughts on Melbourne, Trick? This is a controversial one amongst a lot of people. There's a lot of people talking down Melbourne United. There's a lot of people talking up Melbourne United. Where where do you sit on the spectrum? They'll be a playoff team. Um, yeah. they're, they're too proud not to be. They're too well resourced. You know, with the higher budget teams, you get a few bites of the cherry if it's not looking good after a few um, games. Uh, Vickerman's going to make the calls he needs to make to, to get where they do. Um, they have a culture of winning now um, that they've built over the last few years. They expect to win. They're still going to take a lot of beating. I uh, I um, obviously um, Joe Luella Quill has has some some huge uh, shoes to fill there of Jock Landau, but he's capable. He, he's a guy I expect to to, to blow up. And to be, you know, a twenty-point-a-night uh, score or seventeen to twenty somewhere there, he's just a, a walking bucket. If he can stay out of foul trouble, he runs the middle, he humps the glass, the reasonable rim protector when he's not fouling. Um, I, I think there's still a lot of upside to Melbourne United. They still have some some veterans there. Um, but they're, they're going to be around the mark, Kyle. Whether they hit on their their Americans or not, they'll they'll keep reloading and until they they get it right. Okay, I'm a bit more bearish on this team than what you are. At this point in time, I'm not certain Melbourne United make the playoffs, but they've only used one import spot, right? So they've still got two to play with, and this team can be totally overhauled at any point in time. So. 
you know, it's hard to make a re- assessment of them now because they have that capability. They have, they are a big budget team, and we all know that can happen. So I'm not ruling Melbourne out or in because I think it's a, it's a moving feast with this group. Um, in terms of the roster construction currently, I'm I just don't get it. Uh, Agata is possibly the shortest 6'5 I've ever seen and he's playing the three and he just looks too small. He hasn't looked comfortable. Again, this is another bulletin board material one. He, he seems like a talented player who, you know, you know, can shoot the ball, hasn't shown it yet, but he can and no other imports. I, I also love Joe. Um, Big Joe has been a favorite of mine for a couple of seasons now, but I love Joe more as an, energy guy coming off the bench that you could play through I'm not sure about a guy for the whole game um, and does he transfer to a starting role but I don't think that really matters when I thought about it last night because I really like uh, Ariel Huckporty as well I think he brings a lot to the table again seven foot long really good defender I'm really impressed with him so I don't think you're going to need 35 minutes people go oh how's Joe going to transfer to playing 30 minutes I don't think you need to worry about that because I think Akpoti's going to be playing 20 as well and whether you go two-headed monster at times I don't know Um, the power forward spot is very thin with wide out Um, and the big question mark with Jack White is does he come back at full strength I'm not so sure he does. I mean, Achilles' injury is particularly hard. It's hard on athletes. I know that I know most come back a lot of people, most come back stronger now, but it'll be interesting to see about a guy who relies heavily on his, on his athleticism how that looks. Golding is the guy. Um, Golding is the guy for this team. Uh, he's the number one guy. He gets his team again, and it's going to be interesting to see him being the the sole guy again. And uh, Delhi, what are your expectations on Delhi Troop? Well, another guy a bit like uh, Lamar Patterson is it's a different storyline and, and narrative, obviously, but with, with the concussions and whatnot and everything he's gone through. But, geez, we, we haven't seen Matthew Delavadova at his best for a couple of years. So it's really on, on him to, to show us. Where, where he is and, and the preseason um, obviously veterans do what, what they do in the preseason they pick how hard they go but Delhi doesn't really strike me as a guy that turns it on and off so is is that what he's capable of in the preseason he's built a career on playing you know balls out every possession so I, I don't think he's that super high level skill guy that turns it on and off so it's a huge question mark on on Matthew Delavadova and you're right that on paper it doesn't look like a playoff team there's some bargain basement low budget guys there Brad Newley they would have got him for a steal Callum Dalton's a minimum guy Dave Barlow if he's not a minimum guy it's purely because of you know what he's done in that respect Dion there, Brewster he's, he's, a, he's a minimum wage guy in any other team Dion Brewster you don't know about Jack White Mason Peatling's a development player that was did some things around the superstar cast you know yeah. I don't think they're rolling the ball to, to him for any any sort of meaningful contributions that go towards a win in terms of scoring um, you got toughness in, with Delhi for sure, and Shea Ely's as, as tough as they come. So they'll 
defensively, they look they look okay with their size, like you mentioned with Hutt Porty and and Joe and and Pete Link. So they won't get beat up, but this team's missing scoring, and with Chris Golding missing, you know, the first handful of games or at least the first game of the season as that perimeter threat, this is uh, this team's not going to be able to score enough um, yeah. enough uh, points to win as it stands. But like you said. They'll just do what they need to do. I'm not concerned. Yeah, I just think we have. You can't judge Melbourne till we know till the import arrival window closes. I'm not. I'm not ruling them out because then I'll just look stupid when they sign two two gun imports, <laughs> and then it'll be like you pick Melbourne not to make the playoffs. My position on Melbourne is they won't make the playoffs, but if they if they sign new guys coming in, they will. Right, that's my position. Um, the New Zealand it's like the same with Perth. Yeah, yeah, New Zealand breakers. Now, um, this team's been rocked with, you know, COVID pre-se- disrupting their preseason. Now, you, you know, thoughts with the breakers. Hopefully, everyone's healthy. Everyone's getting through it okay. And, you know, and we can see them all, you know, happy and healthy on the floor again soon. What are your thoughts on the breakers? Yeah, interesting squad. Obviously, you know, I've both been fans of um, of Dan Shamir. I believe he's a, a highly intelligent coach. Saw an interesting um, stat with Abercrombie out with that side um, injury um, for the season. I hope it'll be the first time that a um, that Corey Webster or Abercrombie haven't been on the floor since 2017 in in a on a on a Breakers um, roster. So an incredible streak there will be will be will be broken for the breakers but i mean finn finn delaney is a great piece um they're gonna need um plenty from jeremiah martin uh peyton siever i mean he's an exciting prospect they got they got some shooting in there with uh you know rob Lowe and bark and whatnot abercrombie's experience um Yanni Wetzel, where, where are they going to play him? Um, when the big lights come on, for me, he's a four playing a five, and he had some advantages with his mobility and, and whatnot, but because he doesn't really stretch the floor, he's really limited to play the five, and I, I think the deficiencies with his size, um, we saw sort of Jock Landau um, take him apart at different times. Um, during the season and obviously I know Jock Landau's very talented but I don't if he's at the five um, yeah I'm not really sure where Yanni Wenzel fits into a team if you're you're chasing a championship highly entertaining player hard worker plenty to like about him but I'm not sure where he fits mate so it's a non-playoff team for me Carl with with the breakers um, but they'll be fun to watch yeah I have a very similar position. It's a team of many guards and very little bigs. Uh, and I understand that's the way that Dan Shamir wants to play. He loves running those you know, waves across the top of the paint, looking to get mismatches on the switch and then to pick it apart. Um, are we sure on Dan? I, I was the biggest buyer of Dan Shamir going around two years ago. Like when they start struggled starting the year, I was like, give him time, give him time. And he, and he came through and they did a really good job in what was a season compromised by injury and all sorts of difficulties, right? I'm, my faith is flailing in, in him and in the group, I think, a little bit. 
I have an issue. Like I have a theory about the point guard spot trig that it's a bit like the quarterback position in the NFL, right? Where if you have three starting point guards, you have none in the sense that I find it very difficult what having Seaver as well as Jeremiah Martin, as well as William McDowell White, all very, very like all good NBL players but how you find minutes for those three guys in spots that they like and that you get them enough ball and how it fits for them is a question. Um, and then on the other hand, you they're really shorthanded in the bigs, especially if there's an injury that occurs. As you said, I, Yanni Wetzel, I like, but it's Yanni Wetzel, I'll get you six boards and zero rim protection as a five man like that's that's him like he's he's an exciting young player and he and he's a he's a talent like no one doubts he can score the ball he gets some advantages in terms of being a more athletic than five than others but again i just have serious concerns about the breakers ability to protect the rim and the paint and they've also lost a key perimeter defender in tom abercrombie as well i just think this will be a bad defensive team on the positive side of this team I do love the guard rotation it's just a matter of finding enough ball for them and I understand the Shamir system of waves will allow that to occur I also love the French young French duo of um Besson and Dieng um I think they're probably mate they're the best uh French duo to hit uh hit Australia and New Zealand shore since Daft Punk brother I think this this group <laughs> is pretty exciting the NBL always comes up with these uh these sort of like they go the French connection and all this. I use that term too accidentally. You know, I followed their lead and doing it. I'm, I'm changing. It's Daft Punk. I'm calling that duo now. And I, I really like them. I think they're super exciting. Besson is is a, a freak talent. And so is Diang. I mean, he's a top 15 draft prospect now. He looks top. And they're going to be, I agree with you, non-playoff team, a lot of fun to watch. Yeah, with, and with, with Shamir, I think... You love a coach and an organisation that that goes against the grain mm. and, and and pulls it off, you know. Yeah. And then and that's how the game was changed, you know, with the Warriors and Steph Curry and what they changed the game. And I mean, it, you, you get it right and you get it wrong, and the game's telling you this is what you need, and you don't do it as many coaches have in the past. Well, the accountability should fall on yourself and the general manager. So they have run the gauntlet here yep. their lack of size you are banking on doing some other things at a really high level and um, if you get it right you should get all the credit and if you get it wrong get all the blame you should fall on the sword because you you, you know there's choices to go down this this path with, with the lack of size so I wish them luck and yeah, I'm excited to watch them play and I, I'm also going to give credit to the New Zealand Breakers organisation as a whole I think they bring something completely different to the NBL a lot of other franchises are I'm not going to pot clubs and all this sort of stuff, but there is a staleness to them. This team brings energy, you know, coming from the top with their own, you know, their owner Matt Walsh, who who is a big personality, and I do like having big personalities in the league in these ownership positions who speak out, a you know, cause some controversy and, and have a lot of fun. Like he's just a fun dude. If you and if you ever meet Matt Walsh, like you won't meet a nicer guy than Matt. And um, it's just, I, I think he brings a lot of energy. Like the Breakers social media team is the best in the business on Twitter. They're hilarious. Like this is, this is I, I like the path. I, I don't love the lack of bigs, but I love the organization, if that makes sense. I, I think they're the, 
you know, I think they're the up and coming. They're the, you know, they're the icon for me. Everyone talks about the Perth Wildcats being the, you know, the storied franchise. I, I don't care mm. about the playoff appearances. I care about a fam. I, I care about that energy, that fun, and and looking to the future. And I think the New Zealand Breakers are that. So I'm I'm very pumped for them. And I just spoke about the Perth Wildcats there. Their fans will probably be angry at me, um, but I, I t- will talk about them now. Uh, I'm very high on them. I think the reports of their demise has been greatly exaggerated. This is my favourite team coming into this season, and I think they're vastly improved on the personnel level. Trevor Gleeson going is the big question mark. What are your thoughts on the Perth Wildcats trick? Yeah, he will He will leave a hole, um, Trevor Gleeson. He's one of the great... Uh, motivators of men and and um, and leaders that we've had in the NBL I mean I think um, Joey Wright w- was another one that whether you liked the systems they were running or not it didn't matter but you know in, in their prime and, and Gleason's been in his prime for this for the last however many years that you those teams come out and go to war and, and Trevor Gleason's ability to have his team come out and play in front of 13,000 adoring fans, but play with a chip on their shoulder, like their backs are against the yeah. wall and the yeah, world. We're the underdog. That's, that's right. He, he could build that men, that mentality with his team that the refs are against us, the league's against us, everyone hates us. It's, it's just us in this room and, and, and it's us against the world. And they come out with 13,000 fans and play like it was us against the world. And yeah. it's, um, that's an incredible coaching skill set. Uh, in itself, so a, a huge loss for the Perth Wildcats. Um, with that, and that, that's worth plenty of points in itself. So we, we want to give the, the incoming coach the benefit of the doubt that, that he'll be able to to get the troops um, firing. But I hope he doesn't skimp on on that part of the responsibility because that has really been the backbone of of um, the Wildcats culture. But if we want to get into the roster. Uh, plenty of, of, of veterans there where they don't really need contributions from Kevin White, Wagstaff, Norton. But if, but if they get them, it takes them to a whole nother, uh level. I like Matt Hodgson. It just ticks a big uh, rim protection, rim run, catch finish at the rim uh, guy there. He's, he's just going to be exactly what he's advertised to be and what he's been for the last six or seven years. Uh, Blanchfield at sort of 15 a game last year had his best year. Just just looks really comfortable. Like the games in slow motion for him. Does what he's good at. Comes off double screens. Um, shoots a three at six 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 seven. He can just see right over the top. He's got a nice high release, so he shoots it like no one's there in front of him. Uh, he'll have another big year. One of those sort of guys, a bit like Sam McKinnon, the poor man Sam McKinnon, where he just sort of traditionally come back from from injuries even more athletic you know how many injuries Sam had early in his career and just sort of came back bigger and stronger Todd sort of cut like that heals himself on the fly a bit like a T1000 so I I, no no doubt he'll uh, he'll be good and then there's that um, that Bryce Cotton guy too that yeah he's uh, pretty decent he he can go a bit someone said yeah so I think with uh with the additions they've made, um, I don't think that the losses they've lost were really, I think they were careers made by 
Trevor Gleeson in terms of his system and his motivation. Jared Bairstow, Clint Steindl, um, even John and, and those, yeah, those 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 guys. I think they were uh, beneficiaries of um, of Trevor Gleeson making them the best version of themselves. So the losses they've had aren't huge. Luke Travis is is an exciting prospect. I don't think he doesn't do anything at an NBA level yet, but he has everything that could be at an NBA level. If he, if he, like, in terms of body, like I saw in some of the preseason, him just, you know, pump fake one bounce from the three in the corner and he's just he's two feet above the rim, just up there dunking the hell out of it. Like it's that, that sort of stuff's impressive. He has all the tools if he, if he wants it and you would think he's going to get a decent opportunity, at least early with Blanchfield out. So, they're a playoff team, Carl. Um, the sky is blue. Taxes, death, and yeah. the Wildcats in the playoff. Another team with deep pockets. If they miss on New Americans, they'll reload. Yep, yeah, I'm. I'm with you. I think the personnel's vastly improved. I think Matt Hodgson provides the rim protection that they've lacked um, of late. I think Vic Law is an improvement on John Mooney. People get upset about that. John, it's not knocking John Mooney as a player. I just think Vic Law is one of the finest imports we've seen in the NBL in recent times. And the bullets will be shattered that he went. Um, Franks is a very as good a replacement as you can get, but Vic Law is just a special talent. Uh, I do think the question mark. If I'm going to do, I, I've got them winning the. Top, I've got them as my pick for the title. Right, I'll, I'll say that out aloud now before everyone goes, oh, he's critical of Perth again. Um, my questions are, Morrison as a coach, the offense seemed a bit clunky. I think they worked that out and maybe he's not showing all of his cards yet during the blitz. It's hard to tell. I'm not going to assess the offense based on what I saw in the blitz because he might throw in wrinkles that he that we haven't seen yet. Um, the injuries to Norton and Blanchfield hurt. I, I, I mean, anytime you lose two starters, it's, it's going to hurt, right? But... I think that they just have to tread water, probably. And they've and with this conference schedule, you gotta remember they're playing, you know, with the Perth border situation, King McGowan over there. They're going to have a very easy run of it in the early part of the season. Their conference is a lot easier than the say the other one which has, you know, the Sydney Kings, the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix, New Zealand break. Like it's all quality in that sort of conference. Mm. While Perth are going to get to beat up on Tasmania. They're going to get to beat up on Cairns. And then they're going to have, you know, if they can just tread water sort of splitting with Adelaide and Brisbane, they're in play. They're going to be ready by the time by the time they their conference system opens up and they start playing Southeast Melbourne and Sydney, etc. Then we're going to see it. Um, I, I think they're ready. The only, and the other question mark I have is um, Frazier. It's not that he's a bad player or I'm critical of him in any regard. It's it's more I'm just not sure about another like six foot three scoring guard when they've already got sort of Bryce Cotton playing that two and he's not quite big enough to play a three. It's and they've already got Vic, you know, they've already got Travers at the three with Vic Law and that will be Blanchfield eventually. And then Hodgson at the five and and um obviously Vic Law at the four. I would have rather they maybe spent the money on a big and not got Hodgson for example I just not sure about the import fit there nor am I really sure about how they negotiate an import in or, or the alternative would have been to I heard Mitch Norton got paid big money like now with the injury I mean you know 
retrospectively, they probably wish they kind of went import at that spot and then gave uh, Scott Machado his ability to come in next year, seeing he seemed to love WA in the offseason. But they're all these are all semantics. I think this is a very good team and Perth will find a way. I'd agree, mate. And I think uh, Mitch Norton should send Scott Roth and the Jack Jumpers uh, definitely some flowers and chocolate oh. for his contract. Because I think there was as much a narrative uh, in that to, to stop um, Scott Roth taking all these pieces that it was sort of all the pieces you don't really mind if they went until you got to Mitch Norton. And I think the, the Wildcats really probably just wanted to put a stop to a narrative yeah, there. Draw a line in the sand, of, yeah. Yeah, that, that Scott Roth was this huge loss that the whole team loved and they've all left. And uh, I think Jack Jumpers did a good job selling that narrative and um, and if nothing else, got Perth to really open up the purse oh. strings to pay for a guy that they probably really didn't want to pay for, that, that kind of money um, as, as he gets to the, the twilight of his career. But, but um, I think um, Fraser can really be an X factor Yep. I think he could. You could even move him to the second unit. Yep. You know, when when Blanchfield comes back, Vic Law can score on anyone in the league. Hodgson's a great addition. Blanche, like defensively, Blanchfield, Vic Law, Hodgson. That that's a mean uh, front three, four, five, and and they're sort of security guards for Bryce Cotton as well. Travers is a big goon as well. You know, he's a big, strong body, long, mobile. Um, Majuk, Majuk. That they, they, I think it was when they were the, the injury and all beat up and the ghosts of themselves in the grand final. We're watching Melbourne, you know, essentially just do the monsters to them. I think the the bullied has quickly become the bully again in one off season with the pickups they have. So they'll they'll roll with Fraser, and um, we imagine he's in the hot seat if they they don't get off to a great start and they need to make a structural change. We'll, we'll go to another team now that is very much rated highly by the pundits, which is the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix. Uh, again, I, I think they've addressed a concern that they've never really had a rim protection in their first couple of seasons with either uh, Wetzel or Pino. Uh, and I think they've finally addressed that in the recruitment of uh, Joe Chi. Uh, I think he's a big, big signing for them. Uh, again, I have a bit of the same problem with them as I do with New Zealand. You know, having three point guards means you have none, right? Um, you know, we've got, do we believe in Munford as the starting point guard? He seems more of a utility to me. He seems like a very good player, seems in that utility mold, but I'd play him at the point. And then you've also got Adnam as well. And then you've also got Liafa. Where do you stand? But they're very strong two through four, I think, um, with obviously these guys as well as having Creek and then, uh, you know, even like you look elsewhere in the line, Ryan Brockoff as well, who probably will be hoping for a bigger season this year. What's your take on the Southeast Melbourne Phoenix trigger? They're an interesting franchise and... You go through the roster and you, and you talk about you know what we talked about earlier with some teams not having that high ceiling and that potential of guys to break out and, and the Phoenix are probably the opposite of that. They have a bunch of guys that if they get it together and become the best version of themselves or a version that they're plenty capable of being, well, they're, they're going to be one of the elite teams. Like the roster looks great. Um, in terms of the names, 
but how it fits together, I'm, I'm, I still want to see it. Yeah. Um, I'm hoping Cam Glidden has a chip on his shoulder after a couple of quiet years where he's just not at his best. Dane Pino back from injury. What's he going to be? He's been a 20 and 20 guy before, you know, granted on, on some injury prone teams where he got great, um, great opportunity, but. I don't care. Twenty boards is twenty boards. Yeah, Whatever. Yeah. Twenty boards is is plenty in a mixed league on a Tuesday night. You still got to go get him. So he he has a high ceiling. Um, Mitch Creek without those those off off court um, issues and concerns, you, you would think that he'll be uh, a better version of himself. Where where. He was still obviously had all the talent in the world, but sort of took a step back from his lead, particularly visually anyway. Maybe he was just as vocal in the locker room, but while he had those off-court dramas, he, he certainly um, took a step back, I think, publicly. So you would you would think he'll be back to, to a great version of himself. Um, G, uh, that, that's an exciting pickup with his, his length and size and mobility. I think he's going to be really good um, Ryan Brokoff is is one that I mean it's a bit like Bear so like if he could find even just a portion of a remnant of his old self well that that probably in itself pushes this team over and up into championship contention but I I just don't know what happened last year and obviously everyone's got their theories on it and, and whatnot, but that was that was a guy that just looked like the monster. Just got his talent. Like yeah. I just was watching that being like, you, you look like I mean Charles Barkley playing against those those girls in the park when he loses his talent. I just I just didn't recognize him. And for someone we know what they're capable of, played at the highest level, extreme competitor. I'm going to put it down to you know his, his body wasn't right, um, but. He's another one like Lamar Patterson and, and Delhi. Show us your best. Live up to your name. So I'm excited to see what he rolls out. Point guard spot is is interesting, man, and and yeah. it's a hard one. And make Kyle Adam the skipper. We we know he belongs in this league and has been a, a solid player in this league for a long time. But for me, it just feels like the Southeast Melbourne Magic really just keep pushing him towards being the face of the franchise. I know he's a local Southeast Melbourne junior and he's on all of the promotional um, information and whatnot for the team. It's like they want him to do well and then he's bordered on being a star at different times in his career and different opportunities. But this is, if you're going to win the first championship, um, it's not going to go through Kyle Adam. He's going to be a nice piece. So. Yeah. That usage rate gets too high and those other pieces are left uh, wanting there. I have concerns. My concerns are only internal because uh, that roster definitely has a high ceiling. No, I agree. I agree with you largely on this. I, I think Kyle, it's a bit like Joe for me. Um, they're guys that require high usage rates and there's nothing wrong with that. You like those guys coming off your bench who can get you buckets when they're playing with other role players and utilities. So I agree with you on that. I think Mumford's going to have to be the point guard. And it's just going to be a question of whether 
he can I, I know he's listed as a PG, has been a PG, but he just he strikes me as that utility point guard that isn't a pure one to get everyone involved, if that makes sense. He looks like a bucket getter. Uh, so that's going to be a question mark. Uh, I agree with you. They're really strong two through four, I think. I, I really think with Creek, the new import, Devin Thomas, with Brockoff, you know, I, I do think, and even Tarangi coming off the bench has looked a bit better this year, I think, in the Blitz. So even with him coming off the bench, like they're relatively strong in those positions. Joe, um, Joe Chi is the big, he's, I, I've I got a bit of hate on Twitter from, you know, some various circles about that I questioned his ability to move laterally in the NBL which is a high pick and roll league let's be honest it's turned into that like if you're going in and playing the Wildcats and you're a big guy you got to be prepared to match up on Bryce Cotton at some point some point the switch is just going to have to happen right and I, I think his lateral movement is the question but I think that they can get around it and again, that's not saying Joe Chi's a bad player. I reckon Joe Chi's huge for them and he's a huge upgrade because it provides them with rim protection that they've never had before and rebounding that they've never had before. And this team's been a defensive sieve. I love Joe Chi for this team. There's no question. But the Phoenix are going to have to work out. Simon Mitchell is going to have to work out a way schematically to get around that, sl- that one disadvantage that he has. And I think whether that is, you know, switching, whether they do the early switch when the guy goes up to set the pick, then reset back, or whether they go into, you know, non-matchup zones where they've got a floating zone where they can just have him pack in the paint and they can schematically work around. They're going to have to find ways to do things a little bit differently. And that is on Simon Mitchell. My question mark about the Simon Mitchell thing is he's a team, he's a guy that's always been like, we're about scoring more than the opposition. I think I think this team has to be much more defensively minded with the group that they got and they've got to do a better job on that end. And that's um I think Mumford can do that defensively at the point guard. I think Joe Chi's huge for them defensively. And Creek's Creek's a pretty good defender as well for a guy who's such a prominent offensive player. I like this team. Do they make the playoff streak? I think they do, Carl. I think they're I think they're a um I think they're a, so two two through four, I would say. Yeah, I've got them as fourth. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I think they make the playoffs. It's them, them, Melbourne and Adelaide are in a bracket there that are sort of pretty even. And I think Brisbane could potentially wind up in there as well. But on the last team now, Trig, uh, I know you're a busy man, so we'll, we'll get moving here. The last team, the Sydney Kings. Some uh, No, sorry, we've got two teams to go. Here I was yeah, forgetting about Tasmania. I, I almost forgot the Jack Jumpers. Their fans will hate me for that but uh, just going off last season guys my apologies two teams to go the Sydney Kings what do we think arguably the most stacked lineup in this NBL season yeah they they are mate they, they're looking um, they're looking extremely good um, obviously now their their import selections um, Jalen Adams looked, looked fantastic and we, we know what Jarrell Martin's capable of and He's going to, um, I mean, he's going to be even better after a season um, in the league, understanding the officials and and whatnot, and um, and probably the shape he needs to be in as well. Come in a little heavy in his, his first year, just a little top heavy, so um, he'll be better for it. RJ Hunter's obviously a stud. Pedigree's um, insane on that guy. He's got, you know, the CV is just um, littered. You well, know, he's, with, a, he's a winner and. Yeah. and and you know Xavier Cooks is, is 
talk about ceilings. He he should be back to his his best. I imagine he's a competitive guy. That's how he got to the, to the top of of his craft. Is playing really really hard. Uh, mobile, versatile, like Jordan Hunter. I mean, they tick the box there. He, he just seems to get better and better. Um, you know, he, he's a legit seven footer. He can catch lobs above the rim and finish strong with two hands. Uh, good rim protector, good offensive rebounder. Um, obviously, Vasiljevic showed you know the, the potential there and increased opportunity. Um, so we, we hope that he, he comes back and, and Angus Glover as well from those injuries to be the best versions of themselves. But um, yeah, super, super, super impressive lineup. Sean Bruce is you know a decade long veteran as well. It just sort of seems to win and, and plug in uh, where he needs, and he can come off the bench or he can definitely hold down 25 minutes as a starter spot in a, in a playoff team at times if if needed, even just to get the ball where it needs to go um, and be a leader, he's a winner. So, yeah, lots to like. Carl, lock for the top four, um, barring any any injuries. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm very high on this team. Jordan Hunter's out for the early part of this season um, with, I believe, a finger injury from the Blitz. Uh, but I feel like they can, they've made moves where they can kind of cover those things with the addition of Mature Maker and McCour Maker. I think they're big additions as well. Not many teams have the luxury of those got those sorts of quality players coming off their bench as bigs. Uh, Jalen Adams looks like a stud. RJ Hunter looks like a stud. We know Jarrell Martin is a stud. Xavier Cooks is probably low-key the, you know, like uh, all NBL first team candidate. I think I, I think he is legit chance to make it at the four spot. And like I'm not a big NBL fantasy player, but that guy can stuff a stat sheet like no one else in the NBL. I think this year, I think he's going to be huge. Um, I agree with you regarding also the other pieces. Dayan showed huge things last year, and even if he's not a hundred percent coming back. Um, from the Achilles injury or if he takes longer it's not a big deal for this team he's a luxury for this team imagine saying that DJ Vasiljevic is a luxury like that's the sort of depth that this team has Angus Glover continues to impress me more and more the guy just keeps getting better and better like watching him in the blitz I, I thought he'd stepped up his game and this is a guy who's come off another serious injury and you know he's been. I just hope he get has all the you know has all the success in terms of health. Um, uh, he, kid's been through enough. I just want him to be able to get through and show everyone how good he can be. Sean Bruce as well. We both know Sean. Sean's just as tough and as solid a veteran as you can have, and knows what knows. The, he's a great decision maker in big situations, which I really like about Sean. I think this team stacked. This team. I, I struggled not to pick them as the number one. Um, I was debating between them and Perth. I think this is a better overall roster, but I'm 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 not getting burnt by Bryce Cotton this year. So I, I was going to go with Perth. I have Sydney as second. What do you have in most trick? Yeah, they're, they're top two. Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, they're they have more talent than than Perth. Yeah, they have way so more talent. Be, yeah. Yeah, they, I mean they. If we're polling on talent, they're number one. Um, so uh, their ceiling is really high, and yeah, I think they're they're a lot for top 
two barring oh, the team circumstances yep. of that roster. Yep. Let's do the final. Now, this is the final team, the new franchise to the NBL. Tasmania Jack Jumpers, Trig, what do you make of them? I think they'll be all right. They'll, they'll, as in, they'll be competitive. Um, I think mean, they'll be better than some of the um, other uh, startup franchises, or if you want to call them startup or comeback because of the, the Hobart Devils that were in, you know, twenty odd plus years ago. But uh, I think they'll uh, they'll play really hard. Um, they'll have the whole state behind them. It's, it's a it's a regional centre. Um, Tasmania, so they'll come from far and wide, and I think they'll play in front of sold-out crowds most nights. They've got um, enough pieces that, while they aren't talented, they'll compete hard with that crowd behind them. Um, Talent-wise, I mean, it's it, it, it's not there. It's a bit like the we mentioned of the type ends with a lot of players that you know we've probably seen their ceiling, but I mean playing at that ceiling they'll at least be competitive um, uh, Maggetti will be um, he'll be solid uh, I believe uh, yeah they'll I like Jack McVay like yeah. whether, whether people love him or hate him I think he can stretch the floor he's got a bit of mobility he's probably best at the four spot in sort of you know five minute burst there of, of energy and, and a bit of creativity he can score at this level which is more than some other role players I know he's going to need to be a starter but he can score Will Magne um, another one like uh, Delhi, Brockoff Patterson uh, where were you last year we can blame the NBA and they, they bulked you up too much and you lost your athleticism well it's been all you for the last year and then whatever you did to get yourself to that incredible athlete that you were before you had your um, your time in the NBA. So anything, all the excuses will be gone. I expect him to put himself back on the map. So they're, they're a bottom two team, Carl. I probably sound like I'm banging on about them. The reality is I, I believe they are bottom two and they will have their challenges, but they get a pass more than some other teams because being a new franchise and... Um, and probably not having a heap of, of cash to spend, being able to lure Magne and um, and whatnot. And, and I like the piece of McVay. I think he can be, not that they lured him, but I think he can, he's someone I don't think we've seen the potential of and that could, you know, in-game score 20 points in a game um, where a lot of role players don't have that ability. So, autumn too, but interested to watch the show. Yeah, I I like the Jack McVay signing. I, I like I like McVay as a player. I'll, I'll tell you why. I, I like the uh, I said this about Hannah's earlier. I also like this about McVay. He has the "see you next Tuesday" about him, which I really like. And he's not in. He's not afraid to engage. He's not afraid of anything out there, which I really like. And he's all effort. He he has un like unlimited confidence in himself which is great I, I really like i like the mcveigh piece as well i think his natural position is the stretch four and he's just got to junk it up on the boards with magna he's just got to get in there get rough get tough if he gives up a few fouls he gives up a few fouls but he's just got to get in there and ha- you know have that about him uh 
I have I don't love the group probably as much as you do. Um, I like Will Magne as well. He looks like he looks like a completely different guy to the guy we saw at Perth, which is great news for all concerned. And, I, and he's a great talent, and I'm you know really hope for his success as well this year. The one that's the Scott Roth, I've I've been a fan of. I'm very I find one of his decisions very cur- curious not to play Nikita Mikhailovsky much at all their next star when he looks like a legit talent and then choosing to play guys like and again no disrespect to these guys NBL journeymen they deserve places on rosters I just don't think they deserve to start or get key minutes is Sam McDaniel um Jared Bearstow Fabian Kruzlovich like we're giving these guys minutes and you can't find minutes for Nikita Mikhailovsky it's just curious for me uh Josh Majette looks like the real deal. Like he looks like a good, solid player. Again, I'm not reading too much into the preseason. Everyone, like, I heard all that rubbish about the Steph Curry comparisons, all NBL first team. You know, the guy never averaged in Europe double figures, nor did he even shoot above 40%. So I'm, I'm still waiting and seeing on him a little bit. So, it, and... I'm a little bit cautious on it. Josh Adams looks like he'll, he'll be great for the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers Twitter feed. He's a hell of an athlete. Seems like a big personality. I, I like that as an import for a first-year team as well. He creates excitement around the venue. I just, I don't know. I just, it feels too role-playery, this team, for me. It doesn't have a guy, like people say Majet, but Majet seems to me like a creator point guard who who's a good player to have to kind of get everyone involved and fit. But he's not, you know, he's not a throw the ball to him. He can dominate sort of like when Southeast Melbourne came into the league, they signed Mitch Creek, right? So they had Mitch Creek as that guy who was, you know, they know they can throw the ball to and he's amongst the best players in the NBL. I just don't see that on the Jack Jumpers. I don't love them. The big guy rotation is exceptionally thin if Magne suffers, uh, you know, if Magne suffers at all with any sort of injuries. Magne's got to play 35 a night, 30 to 35 a night. Um, yeah, bottom team for Matrix. Yeah, and then this is this is a this is a regional center. Like this, this these guys need to be, you know, on 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 a similar pegging financially to Cairns and um and, and obviously um well Illawarra is a regional centre but obviously have uh have followed a leprechaun over the rainbow to find <laughs> a pot of gold with Brian Gorgian and the roster they're putting uh together and obviously we we hope that that's that's sustainable moving forward that spend year in year out but we'll we'll leave that in in their capable hands but um Southeast Melbourne coming in you know with NBA backers behind them and and. And, and whatnot, and in the absolute heartland of Australian basketball, uh, could make those big big splashes. They needed to, you know. Yeah. It is, you're coming in on Melbourne United territory into the sporting landscape down there. You needed a mixed streak. So right. these guys in Tassie, I mean, their first five signings were all minimum wage guys, you know, really, and they probably had to pay overs, unfortunately, for a couple of you know, Clint Steindles and, and Sam McDaniels because of the the, the teams that they were coming from uh, probably had to pay pay overs but but they wanted to show that they could bring in guys from winning programs and winning culture and um and hopefully even not with their talent just have that cult those cultural things those day in day out things you need to do in a winning culture come across so i think their their ceiling is 
higher than, than Cairns, unfortunately, and I don't think the Jack Gunthers will get the spoon uh, in the first year for the cultural reason for those guys that have been winning programs, for the reason that they're playing in front of fans there for the first time to win them over, and um, you get one shot at a first impression. So I would expect them to throw the kitchen sink at their first five games at least and, and all their home games effort-wise. So I think they'll throw plenty at teams and they'll jag a couple of wins here enough to keep them away from the elusive spoon that so many startup franchises get. In terms of your top four, you listed both Southeast Melbourne and Melbourne. Like we're both on a unity ticket with Perth, Sydney, Illawarra, right? Um, you kind of hinted at Southeast Melbourne and Melbourne. Which one are you taking, Southeast Melbourne or Melbourne? Four. Um... Oh, it's a great question, mate. I've, I actually think they'll... Uh, I feel like they... I mean, they could both be there with... with I mean, it could be... You know, it could be an Illawarra that misses out. It could be another... Um, you know, a, a team that suffers and a bunch of injuries like Sydney has in the past. But if I had to pick out of the two of them, I'll say... Melbourne United simply because of the checkbook and the history to do what they need to do. I think they have enough hard-working pieces. If they just backed up the bank truck for the two best players outside the NBA, not in the NBA, partway through the season, any team that has the ability to do that with the role players and, and whatnot they have around, um, they'll find a way to be in the playoffs. Melbourne United, I'll tip them to not miss before I uh, tip the Phoenix to not miss but uh, they could both well very well be there thanks for coming on today Trigger we, we look for look forward to having you on throughout the season it's going to be a fun year and uh, I look forward to see you patrolling the sidelines in Cairns again mate I'll be there mate I've dropped a little bit of weight which is good I needed to I work out in the mine so to get my sniffer out of all the Bay Marie's and all the truck stops up here and uh get my salad sandwiches going again so hopefully I can I can fit into the soup the suit I should say and we'll uh, get it cracking mate you might be getting some QBL call ups again oh it's MBL1 North now I forget what it's all called now mate but uh, yeah it's uh, excited to have you back on the pod Trigan excited to have you this season thank you brother we'll catch up soon thanks mate see ya well there it is uh, MBL22 season preview hope you enjoyed it if you did Please don't hesitate to subscribe to the Best Than Greenway podcast on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Also, uh, leave us a review, five stars, maybe even a written review if you can spare the time. Uh, Seb and I, we're really thankful for all of your support. We're so glad to be back and have appreciated all of the messages during our extended hiatus from podcasting. You know, and at the end of the day, we just can't wait for round one of the NBL to kick off tomorrow night. And, and we look forward to your company next week. Seb will also be in the studio. And yeah, can't wait. Thanks, guys. Have a great NBL round one.